This, this is the Second Second Story Podcast. Welcome back to the Second Story Podcast. I'm Max Spitz. As someone who's never really played sports, I often find myself confused by high school sports culture. When I decided to play baseball one year, I spent the season practicing in shorts and sweatpants because I didn't realize you needed special pants just to hit a ball farther. But that said, I absolutely understood the excitement of spectating, regularly attending my sister's basketball games year after year. Her habit of playing so aggressively that she often fouled out honestly just made the games more fun. In this week's story, storyteller Geneva Norman shares a particular moment when, in supporting her star athlete son, she learns the importance of correct vocabulary. Recorded live in September 2021, Second Story is proud to present Cups. Let me tell you how it all began. It was 1986, and I was a first-year medical student. To get to this point, I had to take what seemed like every science course in the entire university just to get to take the MCAT. Easily the worst test in the history of mankind. I wrote a million essays saying, please let me into your medical school so I can help people and also pay off these astronomical school loans. I did all of this while being a full-time nurse practitioner, a new field which at the time no one inside nor outside of the medical community really understood. But it all paid off when at 38 years old I entered the Ohio State University College of Medicine. I was the oldest medical student in the entire school. Most of my classmates had just graduated from undergrad. They had never owned anything and had no responsibilities except to become physicians. I, on the other hand, had a daughter in college and a 13-year-old son. I was also a single female head of household, so my hands were full. Well, neighborhoods were exceptionally important when I thought about finding a school for my son. So I bought a house in the very best school district I could find in the land where football was everything. After all, they were the famous Buckeyes and all of the schools in the city considered themselves feeder schools to the Big Ten University. Kids were scouted at every turn. I was a bit worried when I took my son Alf to his first day of school in Upper Arlington, Ohio. There were virtually no other black kids except him at his new school. In his previous school system, about 5% of the student body consisted of black and other minorities. So teachers and other staff there were a bit more acclimated to diversity. However, it was at this Big Ten feeder school 
home of the renowned golden bear Jack Nicholas, the famous golfer, that my little elf began to shine like never before. Why? Because unbeknownst to me, my son was a natural athlete. So the coaches loved him. He was fast, he was strong, he was tall, and he was very coachable. The students loved him too because he brought trophy after trophy to their school. This lasted throughout middle school and the same was true in high school. Now listen, these people were serious about their athletes. One day I got a call that my son had been hit in the eye with a football. They wanted my permission to treat him. I agreed and hurried to his side. By the time I arrived, they had a pediatric ophthalmologist there. That ophthalmologist was the chairman of the ophthalmology department at my medical school and one of my professors. It would have taken me months to get an appointment with this guy. But in football world, he leaves his office and runs to treat a potential prospect right on the field. Thank heavens my son was fine. Elf was just outstanding in every single sport he attempted. He was the undefeated captain of the wrestling team, the record-setting captain of the track team. He was the leading running back for the football team and in the newspaper every week. I used to love to hear the crowd yell, Go Elf! as he ran the ball down the field. I also wanted to fight on the occasions when I heard someone in the crowd say things like, Run that ball like you're carrying a watermelon, boy. But by far, he was a team favorite. So you can imagine how surprised I was when this wealthy school, now having some of its greatest victories because of my son, called me a poverty-stricken medical student to ask me to buy equipment for him. I knew nothing about football. It's true I was a cheerleader in high school, but I had no idea what those guys were doing on the field. So the coach said, Mrs. Norman? Yes? We're gonna need you to buy Alpha Cup. Buy his cups, I said with incredulity. Yes, it's a requirement. Oh, I said thinking, where am I going to get the money to buy cups? I said, coach, I thought the team supplied all of Alf's equipment. He said, yes, but not cups. I sighed, then I asked, well, do you have any used ones I can buy? 
He asked me to hold on. I thought he went to check his used cup stock. When he came back to the phone, I heard him snickering. He paused and then said, We don't really have any used cups here, but you can check at the athletic shop. The athletic shop in Columbus was a store where all the top athletes shopped, including all the hopefuls for the Ohio State University football team. This time of year, it was packed. So I went into the shop in search of used cups. Not finding them on my own, I asked the store clerk if he could direct me to the used cup section. He looked at me strangely, but I was used to it by now. He said, I don't think we carry used cups, but the cups we have are in that drawer under that display over there. So? I went to that display over there and I looked in the drawer and found nothing that even remotely resembled football cups. I continued my search. Oddly, it seemed like everyone in the store was following me around. I thought, I know. You think I don't know black woman shopping? These must be store detectives. Oh, brother. Finding nothing and running out of time, I went back to the salesperson and advised him that I could not find any used cups and that, in fact, I could not find any cups at all. I waited at the cash register as he went to retrieve them. Finally, he came back with one small package. My heavens! This is way too small for my son. He's a big boy, almost six feet tall. He needs a much bigger size, I said proudly. The whole store took a collective gasp at my statement. A black woman asking for a much, much bigger cup for her apparently really, really big son. Then I said these faithful words. He's going to need two of them. The entire store went dead silent. It was as if no one in the store was even breathing. The store clerk responded loudly, Two! I paused and looked at him skeptically. Then I looked him dead in the eyes and said, Yes, of course two. One for each shoulder. At that moment, everyone, and I do mean everyone, clerks, customers, managers, everyone in that store, laughed to the point of bending over 
Why were they laughing? I wondered. They laughed so hard and so long that I started laughing too. Finally, the clerk collected himself enough to tell me, Ma'am, I think you might be talking about shoulder pads. The cup is to protect the genitals. Oh my God, I was so embarrassed. I was mad at my husband and all the men in my family for not informing me about such things. In a split second, my mind raced back to the phone conversation I'd had with the coach earlier, the snickering. He probably told all the coaches I was trying to buy a used cup. Oh my gosh. I purchased my cup and picked up what was left of my dignity and left the store. If I told you all the stories of my adventures with my baby, my son, in med school, we would be here for the next three days. But this is a family story we laugh about to this very day. This story was produced by Ali Drum and Casey Truba, curated by Amanda Delheimer, and directed by Josh Weinstein, with music and sound design by Kevin Ritchie. The Second Story podcast is produced by Max Spitz. Second Story is located in the traditional homelands of the Council of the Three Fires, the Odawa, Ojibwe, and Potawatomi Nations. Our programming is made possible by the MacArthur Fund for Arts and Culture at the Richard H. Treehouse Foundation, the Paul M. Angel Family Foundation, the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, Illinois Arts Council Agency, Innovation 80, the Lupo Family, Eric Rothstein and Gina Wamek, Athene Karras and Thomas Applegate, James Lupo, Jessica Wetmore, Jeffrey and Joan Goldwater, Katie and Peter Hauser, and many generous individuals like you. I'm Max Spitz, and this, this is the Second, Second Story Podcast.